Hi guys, this is Sheila. Welcome back to Tetty and Chill. Let's do this. Hey guys, long time. No see, no hear. How has everybody been? Well, I've been busy. Busy and busy. You know what? I, disclaimer, I hate moving. I really, really hate moving. Like, I wish if I had, like, if my money was long, I would just trash everything that I have and just get everything new. But you know what? That's not what's going on here right now. My money is hella, hella short. (laughs) So we ain't going to do none of that. That's just all talk. All talk. Anyways, how have y'all been, you know? Um, I've been thinking so much about talking about how I lost my mom. Um, it's something that I don't like, never like talking about or even delving into. It's a place I feel that, or rather it's a season that I feel that made me a very different person after, afterwards. But I'm trying to see I might be ready to speak on it. Probably somebody else might be um, in a position to hear what I have to say. And it might help them if they are struggling with their own grief. But one thing for sure is grief never ends. Grieving never ends. I see a lot of people telling you it, it will be well. Life moves on. Yes, their life, their lives do move on. But yours, no, it doesn't. And sometimes when we lose close people to us, we keep replaying the scenario of what if. Or what if I did this? Or what if I did this? Or um. Does God hate me this much? You know? So you replay all these situations and scenarios wondering why you? You know? I've been watching this trend um, on social media, I think on Instagram, where people are coming, showing off their, like, their generations. Rather, there's a, a mom a grandma, a great-grandma, a great-great-grandma, or a great-great-grandkid. And sometimes I just stare it and I'm like, I can't even relate. I can't. Because for my generation, my generation, where it starts is me. See what I'm talking about? So, yeah. I'm not trying to feel, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to seem like I'm knocking down what people are doing or, you know, showing off or being proud of their family. That's what life is about. You need to be aware of the people that you love and keep showing them that you love them and all that. But when it comes to such things about showing off your great grandma and all that, for me, I can't relate. 
you know? And that's what got me thinking. Probably I should talk about the loss of my mom. And let me tell you, losing a person is one thing. But losing your mom and then being the only child, it's fucked up. I'm not even going to mince my, wa- my words. It is fucked up. And a lot of people come up telling me, oh, you're so strong. You're this and that and that. But <laughs> for me, I'm like, y'all don't even know what I'm dealing with. The same way everybody has some struggles in their lives. These are one of my, losing my parents are the top notch or the highly rated struggles in my life. So, here it goes. The year 2003, I come, we close school. I was in uh, high school. I was in Form 2 in Limuru Girls. We close school, the term ends, so we come back home. And for the first time since I started school, my mom wasn't there to pick me up. So I had to take like a public transport, went from Limuru, Nairobi, all the way to Embu. When I got there, I find my mom in bed. And I'm like, hmm, this is strange. Because she used to wake up early. She was, she was always, like, active, like, hella active during the day. Woke up early, went to bed late. And that's how her, her schedule, her normal schedule looked look like. So for me, finding her in bed, I was like, huh, this is strange. And one of my aunties was there with her. So I kind of figured, huh, this is not, this is looking weird. So I went to her bedroom and I'm like, oh, hey, hey, mom, I'm home. And, uh, you know, you can tell when somebody is weak, her voice, she, her voice just sounded weak. And I remember my 15-year-old self thinking, oh, gosh, what is going on? And then she's like, oh, you know, I just got discharged from the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, um, I called you like a few days ago before we closed school. You didn't tell me any of this. You know? And at that time, I couldn't understand why. I wouldn't understand why she didn't tell me any of this, right? But now me being a parent... I do understand. You don't want to keep just um, putting all this baggage on your kids. You want them to see you as this strong figure, you know, as this person who got everything, who can manage everything. But at that time, I really do wish she had told me that she's not feeling well, you know. So anyway, she she explains that, you know, and I'm like, oh, I hope you're feeling better, you know. So anyway, fast forward two days after we closed school, we just we just had breakfast, and I remember we were sitting on the, the TV area, right, 
and because it was morning, so the sunshine was coming in the house. The blind, uh, the curtains were open. We don't call them blinds in Kenya. The curtains were open, so I remember her walking, and she went through the front door, and she was just standing there, like basically basking, like just looking directly to the sun, like taking in the rays. And I didn't really think about it. Like I didn't even put so much deep into so 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 much deep thought into it until I saw her just drop down. Note, she was walking and then she just dropped down by the door. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> what is going on? So I rush, me and my cousin, we rush to her and she was she was unresponsive. And so we started calling our auntie who was in another room and telling her that, you know, um, my mom just fell. Um, she's not she's not responding to us and everything. That day, that specific day, basically was the day that um, put everything into place, if I may say. You know how in a puzzle you have a missing piece? That was what completed the puzzle, unfortunately for me. Because that, that was the last day I actually saw my mom looking okay, if I may use that word. So anyway, um, they took her to a private hospital. She was there for maybe a week. And these people... These people are like, oh, maybe I'll need to transfer her to a bigger hospital. So I remember she went to, she had to be transferred to Nairobi, all the way from Embu. How, I do not understand how a whole province, a whole county, didn't have the services that were needed for her, that she had to go to the capital city of Kenya to be seen by the doctors there. But, you know, me being the age I was that time, I was like, ah, I don't, I, I wasn't even comprehending what's going on, right? So when she was, she was at the private hospital, we used to go and see her. Um, and I remember this one, one particular day, we were walking into the reception area. And Sean Paul's and Sasha song was singing and that's that's the first time i ever heard that song and for some reason since that day it's always stuck in my mind the one that goes i'm still in love yeah forgive my voice but y'all know what i'm talking about that's the first time i ever heard of the of, of the video and the uh, i ever saw the the video and heard the the song so anyway, after we finished with the reception, we went straight to her room and she just looked at me and she's like, oh, stop looking. She was speaking in Kikoyu. That's our mother, mother tongue, one of the dialects in Kenya. And she was like, oh, stop looking at me so sad. You know, I'm, st I'm still going to be here when you're having your babies. I want to see my grandkids. And then after that, she's like, oh, but when you go home, could you please pack me th this specific white uh, suit, a miniskirt suit, just bring it for me because I need to go somewhere before all that. 
And in my mind, I'm like, why do you need just one particular skirt suit? One particular, which was white. Okay. That was early December now. So anyway, she's transferred to Nairobi. Uh, she goes to Nairobi at one of the hospitals there. And let me tell you the day that I went to see her. At first, she didn't even remember me. So just think about this. From the private hospital, we were okay, speaking, telling me all this. Then fast forward to Nairobi. She can't even recount who really I am. So I, I started having this kind of fear in me. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is really going on? You know, like something is going on that I don't really know. The grown-ups do know what's going on. But me, the teenage me, nobody's telling me any information. Okay? So the next, I remember even after that, I, I told one of my aunts, I don't want to go and see her because... She's not even remembering me, you know? And I, I don't want her, I don't want to see her in that state. Yes, it got to that point. Funny thing, she was all responsive. She was, you know, she was sounding like herself, but not acting herself. If I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to you. So my birthday is on December 22nd. On December 20th, Apparently, she told the doctor that she needs to be discharged on that day because she has something important that she needs to go and cater to. And she was discharged. She was actually discharged on the 20th. And we went to one of our, to one of our family, I mean, one of our family members who lives in Kaskari. And then after that, we went back to Embu. So we spent my birthday with her in Kaskari. And I remember it was just me. There's a time it was just me uh, just massaging her feet. And she was like, oh, Ati, well, rather, she was saying, thanks for being you. Thanks for being my daughter. Thanks for basically allowing me be, to be your mom. I'm 15 years, or rather I had just turned 16. I really don't understand what she really meant by that, right, at that time. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I appreciate you being my mom and all that and all that. Fast forward, we go to Embu. Now it's close to December 31st. During those years, we used to have like these big, big family gatherings. Like our family is hella big. When I tell you it's big, let me give you a hint. My granddad had three wives. Okay, now you go calculate. So we used to have like these big ass family gatherings, right? And I remember her saying that she needs to organize, I don't know, whatever that she needed to organize because she used to be like a treasurer thing during those meetings and gatherings. You know, us as children, we didn't know what really goes on behind the scenes. We're just there to meet our cousins, have fun, drink a lot of soda and nyama, you know? <laughs> Uh, so I remember her saying that, oh, she needs to go to Embu. She needs to complete all those things. And I'm like, oh, this is just the regular end of year schedule for her. So 
when it got to the 31st, we are living in our house, right? And she says, um, let's walk. And I'm like, okay. So as we're walking down, like away from our house, she was like, I feel like I'm walking on air. And I'm like, huh? What do you mean? She's like, I feel like I'm walking on air. And for me, I just brush it off. And I'm like, oh, probably it's just because you've been so much, you know, like on the bed rest, in the bed rest, in the bed, that you feel like walking now is kind of a new thing. We went ahead, had the family gathering. I don't know what kind of strength this woman had at that point. No, this whole time, I don't even know what's going on with her. Nobody, you know how African families are. Children are children, no matter what age you are, kids are kids. So you don't need to know information that's known by the adults. So anyway, the family gathering ends. We went back home. I was supposed to be going back to school January 3rd. Right? So me and my auntie, who was taking care of my mom when I, when, when I came back from school, we went with her to Nairobi to her place, right? And they're the ones, her and her sister, one of my other aunties, they're the ones who dropped me the next day to go and uh, get a matatu to go to school for my for the, no, third year in high school. The previous night before I went to school, we talked with my mom and she was like, oh, I'm just eating what, whatever y'all uh, cooked for me. I'm okay. And remember, before I left, oh, I forgot to tell you guys. Before I left, I kept telling her, let me just stay. Let me just stay. I need to stay so I can take care of you till you can get back your strength. And she's like, no, 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 you go, you go. She kept pushing it to the point that they had to like literally make sure that I'm out of the house. She even stayed out of the house. Standing by the, I remember her standing by the window wearing her nightgown, saying, it's okay, I'll be okay, I'll be okay. And she's like, bye. But God, did I, <laughs> who knew to this point that that would be the last time I'll be seeing my mother? Like sometimes I just sit down and I just visualize the whole thing and I'm like, God, if I knew, if literally somebody had told me, given me a hint, I wouldn't have left. So anyways, fast forward, I went back to school. When I got to school, I tried calling home. Nobody's picking. I tried calling the next day. Nobody's picking. Around mid midday of the 5th, somebody comes to our class and they're like, oh, Aunt Sheila, you need to be the principal. Could you head to the office? And I'm like, huh. My stomach just dropped because I knew what that means or whatever that meant at the time. I knew. So when I went to the principal's office and I saw a family member, I mean, it was actually a family friend there. I was like, you know what? I know what this is, what's going on here. So I was like, oh she's no more right 
and the lady was like uh yeah and they you know she told me whatever she needed to tell me and she was like oh i'm here to pick you up and take you to wembo uh for the burial arrangements and everything and in my mind i was like well this is the beginning to the end honestly the beginning to the end i didn't even know how to mourn i didn't even talk to this lady who came to pick me up it was either yes no yes no i didn't even talk to her i remember we got to embu the house was full of more, it had like more than 50 people honestly half of those people i can't even tell you who they were okay and they're like oh sheila or oh, others calling me one boy i'm sorry for this and this and i'm like who the fuck are you in my mind i'm just like who the fuck are you what are you doing like my mind wasn't understanding why there's so many people people in our home and my mom is nowhere oh sorry i hope y'all can hear the sirens <laughs> we just moved right next to a road and everything that's going on on this road we hear at night <laughs> so i'm sorry about that but yeah so i come home well my aunties are there my relatives are there and and a whole bunch of other people are there cuz they are coming to you know do the usual burial burial arrangements and prayers and everything and i remember I just went straight up to my room straight to my room and one of my aunties the youngest of all uh of the bunch came to the room and she's like um uh, are you okay and i told her i just need to be left alone cuz i just do not understand why all these people are here you know and to be truthful with you guys from the moment i got home after school when i was picked up right till the moment i went back to school i do not have any collection of those memories at all yeah i remember uh you know the funeral arrangements i remember us going to pick up my mom from the morgue uh i remember the funeral day but the details i do not and in some extent i think it's cause my brain has hidden these memories from me or rather me being so young or rather 15 is young to lose a parent you know i probably chose to suppress those feelings you know and there's a lot of details i actually the funniest thing is i have never watched the video of that day during the funeral so i can't even tell you i've seen pictures but <clears throat> i don't really know um all the details cause i chose to surprise and fast forward to two years after that i was already in the united states um i'd already finished high school so i came here straight up from high school so now imagine a young sheila okay at 17 going to 18 in a foreign land and i had just lost my mom it was crazy i was 
to some extent, I came to realize later on that I was hella angry at everything, at everyone. <clears throat> and the motivation that I had back home, because back home I was all education, all education this, all education that. And it's not that my parents used to push for it, it's just, I, I was just interested in school, see? But there's something that clicked in me. There's just something that clicked in me, and I was like, why? What's, you know, what is life? Why am I stressing myself out with education? What is life? Yeah? And I think uh, the, the thing is, to some extent, maybe I was trying to excel in everything, especially education, to just make my parents proud. But I just remember even as I was doing my my final exams, my we called them the KCSE. Those are the final exams so that you can graduate high school. I didn't have that motivation of being, oh, let me be the best in class or whatever. You know, truth be told. And anyway, fast forward to 2006, I land in America a very angry, angry teenager. So now, about how many years later, that's when I'm starting to realize that things that were going on when I landed here and the years that followed or even the company that I used to keep sometimes, you know, I was, I was just trouble. Let, let me just say that <laughs> for those who know me. <laughs> Oh, there's a time in my life I just say, you know what? I do not regret it because I think it actually did help me become who I am right now. At the end of the day, if you keep suppressing things, if you keep just bottling everything in and you're not showing the emotions out, and that's why I started uh, this post this podcast by saying a lot of people keep telling me, oh, you're so strong, you've gone through so much, but you're so strong, but y'all don't even know what I go through. It's a lot of, I wouldn't say demons, but it's a lot of things that I struggle or rather struggled with. Now I'm doing better, you know? So, and already I'm the kind of person who, even when something happens to me, I'm just going to, I tend to just internalize it. I don't talk my emotions really till it gets to a point like the the pot is boiling and overflowing. Like literally like a bomb. So, yeah, I came to realize me losing my, my mom especially at such an, a young age, really did change me. It really did change me. And I wouldn't say it's unfortunate because maybe the change had to be made to make me stronger for all the situations that were to happen afterwards, you know? Because it becomes kind of a chain, it, it becomes like a chain of events. You lose one person, a few years later, I lose my dad. A few, you know, things like that, they keep happening to you. So I thank God that in some way, it's, I don't know, I wouldn't say I became numb, 
cold. I still feel the emotions, but I got, you know, you, you, you tend to see that life is not permanent. Life is not permanent. And I think even before Drake coined the YOLO term, I think I'd already realized you have to live life at the maximum. You know? You ain't gonna get a second chance or that chance. This is it. When you come back, you'll be either a butterfly or a dog. You choose, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So anyone, anyway, anybody listening to this and you struggle, especially with grief, or you've lost a loved one, maybe a parent, maybe a kid, maybe... Your, your, you know, your siblings, your grandmom, just somebody who's close to your heart. You know exactly what I'm trying to say when I say that you can never move on because you might wake up today, you're good. You wake up tomorrow, you are not good at all. And for me, I remember I had my mom's number till like, when did I change my phone numbers? I think I had my mom's number for like maybe five, six years into London here at the United States. So, and that clearly shows that I was really trying to hold on to my memory and the thought of what I remember about my mom. And as the years have gone by, I honestly wouldn't even tell you if I remember her voice. And that's the saddest part about the whole situation. Cause any anything that has been happening to me in terms of being, uh, if I accomplish a goal, you know, all the goals that I've set for myself, if I accomplish that, the first person that you think that you want to call would be your mom, right? But every time I look, I'm, you know, I look on my contact list, I'm like, well, <laughs> that ain't happening, <laughs> you know? And... Yeah, it's sad because I do try to, like, hold on to what I remember her voice used to sound like, you know, or even her face. So, and that's why I really hold on to, I have, like, two albums. I like putting up pictures in albums because that's what she used to do. And I think that's the way I get to have my mom my memory my mom's memories with me you know so yeah sharing this in this podcast eh, it's been a struggle i had to do it like in two three days because yeah i don't know i don't know how to explain it but i hope anybody who's struggling with grief i hope that You know, just take each day as it comes. And for the people who are around people who are grieving and don't know how to handle it, it's more about listening than talking. Just being there for the person. You don't have to keep asking questions. You don't have to keep asking, are you okay? No. Even just complete silence. That's good. That's Gucci, you know? I think the thought of just having somebody there with you is comforting enough. 
not somebody just um, blubbering back and forth, you know. But all in all, um, I try being the Miss Positivity, you know. Uh, but for sure, uh, the the way they say uh, there has to be a reason for everything that it's God's God's plans. I, I do not I do not really really relate with that. I don't understand why um, God would, God would think it would be okay with me to not have my mom. But anyway, that's a story for another day. But I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that will be it for today's podcast. And thank you so much for everyone who's been listening, sharing it, and also the people who've been leaving the voice messages for me. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, bye.